This is Horns Up. I'm Animesh. And I'm Peter. And we're going old school with Bangalore's own Cryptos today, who released their sixth studio album on 1st October 2021. It's called Force of Danger, and it adds another chapter to the sound of denim and leather and everything heavy metal, a sound that's been championed by frontman Nolan Lewis since 1998. Nolan, welcome back to Horns Up, man. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, so we last spoke to each other around two years back, just before Emulation tore up fandom in Bangalore. And that was like August 2019. So obvious question, man. How's life been? How was lockdown? Uh, heard everyone had COVID. So I guess everyone's like negative now and vaccinated. <laughs> I mean, lock- the lockdown was as bad as it was for us, as for anybody else. Uh, yeah, we all got COVID one after the other. Ganesh got COVID twice, <laughs> some dumb shit. And yeah, we just had to, you know, power through all that somehow. And right now we're all okay. Everyone's vaccinated. Everyone's doing well. Everyone's going to work now. So yeah, but for like, you know, a good year and a half, we couldn't do anything. We had to like push our European tours to 2022. We didn't have time to, and we didn't have, we couldn't do anything actually regarding the band, you know, but somehow in the middle of all that, we managed to record an album. I don't know how we did that, but we somehow managed to do that. It kind of sucks because we actually expected, you know, the pandemic to die down in 2021, which is why we scrambled to get the album recorded so that we would have it in ready in time for a European tour in 2021. But no, <laughs> we, we got egg on our face over there as well. So. Right now, we have an album coming out and we don't have a tour to promote it because it's pushed 2022. Why couldn't you guys be like Maiden and record something uh, like two years prior and not release it? And Yeah, I wish, I wish we had that luxury. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's like in Bangalore and not... Where, where do they live? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Bruce yes, probably in different lives parts on, of the world. Bruce parts. probably lives on a 747. <laughs> He was stuck in Italy or in France, yeah, one of the two countries, when the lockdown was first, like when, when the pandemic first hit. Anyways. Yeah. You know, since we brought up Maiden, right? Uh, Nolan, you're a Maidenhead like us. What did you make of Senjutsu? Be honest. I'm not really a fan of anything Maiden has done since from Brave New World onwards. Senjutsu is pretty much the same as all the albums that came before it. It's a strict 50-50 album. Five good songs good good songs and five below average songs and man some of the songs just go on and on and on and thankfully they all like you know they don't go into like 15 20 minute territory like last time yeah but, but yeah. you you're one of the few guys who likes uh the x factor in virtual 11 i'm not a big fan of virtual 11 but i like the x factor and there is there is some x factor virtual 11 bits and bobs in the new album i mean there are some songs that could very well like Death of the Celts and all that stuff, it's straight out of Virtual 11. It's like the Clansman Part 2, but much worse. <laughs> Come on, X Factor was a really good album. And none of the songs exceeded like six minutes. Which one was uh, Angel and the Gambler on? Oh, yeah, that was on Virtual 11. Ah, it's like the yeah. first Maiden song ever. I, I, I hold that song responsible for all the shit they did since. Yeah, the angel and the gambler tends to do that to you. I mean, how many times can you just hear, <laughs> don't you look like a stranger? <laughs> Anyways, fuck that shit, man. We're not here to talk Maiden, although that deserves a separate conversation with Nolan anytime. <laughs> we are here to talk Force of Danger. Congratulations, man. Thank you. 
So what is force of danger like? Is it your heaviest? Is it the one where you've returned to your roots? Is it the band's best album ever? <laughs> All bands say the new album is their best album ever. But, you know, ours is, it's more of the same. It's, it's the same. It's a continuation of Afterburner, which was a continuation of Burn of the Night. So I would say it's like the third insta- installment in the trilogy, if you want to put it that way. I think the only difference is maybe the production on Force of Danger is a bit raw. It's, it's got more NW, BHM style production. The guitars are pretty sharp. Uh, the bass is a bit buried in the mix. It's, it's, it's a bit snarlier. It's, it's more focused, I would say. And the songs are much, you know, they're, they're more, how, how do you say, they're more compact. So compared to Afterburner. Afterburner had a bit more breathing room and, you know, things were spaced out a bit more. But Force of Danger is pretty much straightforward. It's like, it just knocks, song, it's just song after song. It's like knocking down dominoes, you know, tuck, 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 one by one. And it gets to the point straight away. There's no, there's no farting about, you know, it's just straight out, which is what I really loved about all the old NW BHM albums, you know, like by Angel Witch and Blitzkrieg and Jaguar and all. There was no messing around. It was one riff, a kick-ass riff, go straight into the verse, chorus, solo, that's it. And you're done. Next song, let's go. And just, it's just, it's all about just keeping the momentum going. After what we did with Afterburner, this is this was the natural progression, and uh, I think we've if you if you look at the themes of the songs and the lyrics and everything, you know, it's 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 extremely heavy metal this metal that blah 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 stuff. So I think we might have exhausted our vocabulary with that on this album. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I can, I'm just like reading the track list and you can hear that, right? But uh, we totally agree about, you know, Force of Danger being a natural follow-up to Afterburner. Yeah, I must ask you though, did the success of Afterburner propel the creation of Force of Danger? Yeah, I mean, Force of Danger is, is its own beast, you know. We didn't really, Afterburner really didn't have anything to do with it. We didn't really think of topping it or making another afterburner or anything of that sort. Force of Danger was just what we were, we just felt like writing that music at that particular point in time. Uh, We were, because we were all all locked down and stuff, you know, we were watching a lot of old movies, like, you know, all the stuff we grew up on, Terminator and Escape from New York and Robocop and whatever it is, you know, and they just all, uh, I don't know, we're just, getting all these waves of nostalgia. So, you know, we're like, you know what, let's, let's put some of this into our music. And it, it, it worked, you know, because we aren't, we aren't just influenced by, by bands. We're also influenced by a lot of stuff, you know, books and movies and all kinds of things that we read or watch. So this was kind of like, uh, it's, it's, it's like when you watch these 90s sci-fi action flicks and stuff, you know, there's, there's always that element of suspense and danger there's danger in the air or whatever it is you know so we kind of wanted to capture that feeling uh on this album and i think we managed to do that especially with the cover art and you know all that stuff Hmm. you bring up the visuals so let's 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 talk about that um you guys have done a lot when it comes to the visual appeal for force of danger right your music videos are looking like the slickest i think they've ever been You've done lyric videos, you've done high-end photography or at least professional photography, coordinated clothes, 
and you're spending a lot of time on it, you're spending definitely money on it, that can be seen. Was that always what you envisioned for the band? And is that something you think the band needed at this point of time? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've always been of the opinion that previously we weren't really, all our all the elements that go into making our band, you know, they weren't really tied together. Uh, it's kind of like we had one look, our music sounded a certain way, our photographs looked a certain way. Uh, it, it was just all spread out a bit. I mean, it's been getting tighter ever since Burn Up The Night. But I think, you know, on, our, on Force of Danger, we kind of, we wanted to get a bit more together, I would say. Because if you look at the photographs and the album cover and the lyrics and the music and the vibe of the entire thing, it all kind of fits together, you know. Which is kind of what all these bands, like, you know, like, like Priest did with Painkiller, for example. If you look at the photographs from that era, compared with the music, compared with the lyrics and all that stuff, it all ties in together really well. And uh, we are actually also plan on, you know, getting, um, getting maybe, you know, a stage setup done, which kind of fits the album, the album artwork and the vibe of the lyrics and everything. Because it's, I remember when uh, there was a Judas Priest, uh, the Judas Priest Painkiller Tour itself, uh, they had, you know, it was, they were just completely uh, like the, the most metal they've ever looked. Because it fit the vibe of, of that album. And I think even for us, for this album, I think I would say this is our most metal album, you know. It's it's got it's got all the hallmarks of pure heavy metal, I would say. Probably when we start getting, you know, start playing live shows and stuff, we'll start getting some of these elements in on stage, the way we dress, probably, you know, getting more studs, more leather, more chains, all that stuff. And now we're gonna do it in this heat and stuff, but we'll manage somehow. There was a conscious effort in, you know, to get all these elements uh, under one roof, so to say. When you were talking about that, I was just thinking about you wearing leather pants. I have no <laughs> idea how you do that live, man. <laughs> it's actually quite comfortable. It's, and they are my wife. They are my wife's pants. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So com coming back, right? We talked about uh, the videos. I mean, I really liked the lyric video for Raging Steel, which. Honestly, if you look at lyric videos, right, it's always just like lyrics, just the words floating in the air and coming at you in yeah. different directions. But you guys had far more than that. Was there a strategy that you all planned behind the videos and the singles that you all selected? Uh, it's, it's, it's really weird because we've released three singles so far, Force of Danger, Raging Steel and Hotwire. And we spent the least amount of time and money on Hotwire, but it's getting the most traction out of all three, which is really weird because we envisioned it to be the exact opposite. You know, we kind of like, we spent a good amount of time and money on the title track, uh, Force of Danger. We made a really full on video for it with a script and characters and we, yeah, it, there was a lot of effort that went into it, you know, because we kind of expected it to get the response that it kind of deserved or, or probably we expected it to get it didn't in a certain way but not as much as we hoped but it's cool because we always wanted to release an anthemic kind of song as a video because that we're pretty sure it's it's going to be a slow burn it will start catching on eventually that's of course going to be one of our staples when we play live going forward so that was fine raging steel that was a bit of a shock for me because i was really pumped about that video because we got the guy who did the 
the unofficial uh, lyric video for painkiller to do it for us he gave us a killer video i was like wow this is awesome this is like the best lyric video we have, we've ever done and uh, yeah that took a bit of time some money effort whatever blah blah but and i think it's the best song in the album but but, but for some reason it doesn't hasn't caught on as much as hotwired which is really strange because hotwired was you know we we just put some tour footage together spent like i think a day on it and put it out there it's like it's hit 75000 views already so i don't know what people want anymore <laughs> i thought cryptos was all about not giving a fuck about what people wanted i know that was just a joke but you know it's like you just you put out these singles kind of as a as like a as like a teaser for your album you know this kind of uh, tells you what an album is going to sound like and you kind of hope that you know it will catch on a bit and it will get you more mileage in the right circles and all that stuff you know basically which ultimately leads to all the good stuff you know like uh, you know people talking about your album you get gigs you get you you know promoters hear about you and all that all that good stuff but yeah i'm glad that at least one of the singles caught on you know hot wire was like it it kind of really exceeded all our expectations and uh, it seems to be i mean at least from all the press that have been interviewing us reviewing our album and stuff they seem to be latching on to hot wire a lot so i guess it it works <laughs> hmm fair enough okay so since we're talking the music videos let's just uh wrap that end up as such uh force of danger it promises a continuation of the storyline uh are we ever going to see that or uh, if not what was the continuation intended to be i hope we'll see a continuation i, I have no idea what the future what's going to happen in the future but uh, yeah the continuation was going to be like you know we we were planning on doing it for for the song for the song dawn breakers uh It, you know it's all about it's, it's basically a biker song get on the road wind in your hair all that stuff but we are kind of going to do it like you know the the robotic creature whatever you know in force of danger he's going to be riding in a chevy or something and he's going to be chasing us on bikes like you know it's going to be like a high speed chase and explosions and stuff so that's the kind of stuff we've envisioned i don't know if it'll ever happen but it'll be great if it does but at least you know we might if if we can't do it physically maybe we'll try and you know get get an animation done or something like that because i think it would be pretty cool okay let's play a song from force of danger which one should we play and why i think you should play dawn breakers to me that song is it's it's everything that this album and us in and the band in general you know we are we are all about you know just having a good time making your own choices in life being free you know in your head just just doing what you want to do and uh, it's 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 also kind of like since the song is kind of kind of like about camaraderie between you know these guys in this biker gang or whatever you know like in for fans of sons of anarchy they'll kind of know what that i'm talking about uh it's kind of like how it feels like to be in a band as well you know it's it's four guys against the world you know you when we go out on tour it's kind of like we it's just us and you know we are we are out there to make a mark and and you know we all have to look out for each other and all that all that cheesy stuff but <laughs> but you know and dawn breakers kind of encapsulates all of that in like 
four minutes or so. And I think it has two of the best solos on the album. Like uh, Rohit, Rohit really outdid outdid himself, especially if you listen to the ending solo. It's it's straight out of J.K. Lee's you know handbook. It's it's a phenomenal solo, and he actually nailed that solo in like a couple of takes. And all of us like because he spent a lot of time on the previous solo, but when he finally got into his groove and he knocked that solo solo out, we all were like, "What the fuck? I think this is awesome." <laughs> So yeah, I think I think that's some of his best work, and I don't think Rohit gets the credit he deserves as a lead guitarist. You know, especially in you know in the Indian scene at least, uh, because he's he's actually if you you consider his solos ever since you know Coils of Apollyon and Burn of the Night and so on and so forth, he's been he's been kicking ass ever since then. And honestly, I think uh, it's about time. you know some of his stuff starts getting showcased because i know as a band we it's all about the band it's about the songs and stuff that but you know it's kind of like you want you want you wanted to be like an Aussie Randy Rhodes kind of situation you know where the where the guitarist also gets some of the spotlight and i think his solos definitely deserve some of that Right, we write for one and all. The motor. 
let's get to the basics now i mean you know you talked about the riffs right and i really want to know what makes a riff a cryptos one i mean like is there like a test that it has to pass what 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 goes on between you and rohit tell us it's, there's nothing special actually you know it's it's just got to sound good it's got to sound catchy it's got to make you feel feel something like especially for me when when we sit in you know we put riffs together we start stitching stuff together it's got to put images in my head got to make me want to think of something like you know there's there's a song omega point on our album which straight away made me think of outer space and you know event horizon and all this all this creepy stuff outside extraterrestrial stuff and blah blah it it automatically put all the stuff in my head so it it kind of made it easier to take the song forward so you know when we are writing riffs it's got to be catchy it's got to put some sort of imagery in your head and it's also got to be uh, i wouldn't say unique because i don't really think we are that unique when it comes to uh writing riffs and stuff but it's the riff has to be quality you know you can you you can be influenced by say black sabbath you could write a riff like to win tony iomi uh but it's got to be you, you can't just do it lazily you know and you got to put some conviction into it and there has to be some some sort of quality to it like you could of course you could play like a a simple riff like iron man but can you play it like tony iomi or can you put your spin on it that you know your your ping homage to tony iomi but you're doing it in such a way that it's it's not and it's not a it's it, how do i say this it's not like your it's not like an obvious homage you know it's it's like oh yeah he's put a slight spin on it so i know where it's coming from but it's going in a, in a different direction kind of like that so whatever we do you know of course we are influenced by like priest and accept and maiden and all this stuff but if you listen to our riffs they might sound familiar but they kind of have a slight deviation to them which sets them apart from the bands we influenced by and of course on top of that when you when you throw in my shitty vocals on top it takes on a whole different <laughs> takes on a whole different you know, meaning but yeah that's the basic thing you know there's it, it's just got when we sit and write riffs it's they have to sound good they have to be catchy and they have to have a certain quality to them that you know showcases our influences but also takes a slight detour somewhere down the road and all that kind of like ties in with your like uh, i remember what you told us last time which was that we write songs or cryptos write songs with which you can have a few drinks with exactly it's got to be riffs that you can hang out with your friends have a few drinks you know or or some kid listens to and he's like whoa i can i can play this or you know it's like that that riff sounds really cool really catchy let me pick up my guitar maybe i can learn this riff i mean that's kind of how we learned how to play the guitar that's how i learned how to play the guitar i would watch dev mare or slash or whoever it was and i'd be like oh cool it sounds simple enough certain riffs or certain melodies let me see if i can figure it out and i think that's the most important it's kind of like you know the riff for crazy train how many guitarists have been inspired because of that one riff or smoke on the water or paranoid simple riffs but if it weren't for those simple riffs we probably wouldn't have you know heavy metal as it is today because those simple two chord three chord riffs have in, in, inspired like 
millions of guitarists to just pick up the instrument and you know just jam and come up with stuff on their own so hopefully you know some of the riffs that we come up with can inspire kids in india to do the same or anywhere else in the world for that matter now see there's a there's a flip side to this right the thing about writing uh, music that appears to be simple is that it can seem effortless right like it it could seem like like you guys had written it in your sleep but yeah. that itself is a huge challenge or uh, that itself is a huge compliment as such because it takes it it takes effort man to pull something like that off like simplicity is is excellent but to arrive at simplicity after having spent so much time listening to so much music uh it's complicated stuff yeah absolutely you know this is something i tell people i i mean i have conversations with some people who say you know acdc is so boring because it's so simple or you know what's a big deal i'm like dude you know how long they've been around and how many killer riffs they've written and simplicity in itself is it sounds simple but it isn't you know you could you can listen to like an album like highway to hell or you know high voltage or whatever it sounds simple it's it's like oh that's easy it, it sounds simple i can play it in my sleep but what's a big deal but dude can you write it you know can you write an album that can you write two albums like can you write five albums can you write 10 albums can you do it for like 50 years most people can't 99% of people on this planet cannot i think we are in in that sense we are a bit blessed because we've kind of you know really taken the simplicity of the music we listen to it's it it kind of runs in our it's it's made us who we are you know that simplicity is kind of how we how we live our lives and also how we write our music as well so you know when we write a riff when we write a song we just make sure that even though it's got like maybe two riffs three riffs at at most those we have we need to make sure those riffs count and we need to make sure that these riffs are structured in in such a way that you know everything just makes sense it's like 4 minutes even if you have two riffs you just got to place them in the right fashion structure them in the right way it's like a jigsaw puzzle but maybe a 20 piece jigsaw puzzle you know you just kind of get all the pieces in the right areas and that's it you have a you have a great song because at the end of the day the song is king if you have a great song no matter how simple it is that's it it doesn't matter if you can play like a million notes per second or play like double bass at light speed or whatever it is it's all about the song at the end of the day so uh, in that sense because we are so used to the used to writing simple stuff it it comes natural to us you know it it it's become a ever since burn up the night it's something that really came easily to us we always wanted to strip things down and we've just carried on since then so i think you know you can expect a dream theater like album next time <laughs> I, I'm wondering who's going to go grow the Petrucci beard, you or <laughs> Rohit. <laughs> All right, but on that note, let's play another song from the album. Which one do you think we should play, and why? I think you should go for you should go for Thunder Child. Thunder Child is kind of like um, it's it's a Mad Max inspired song. You know, if you read the lyrics and stuff, it it could very well turn into a Mad Max script. The but in this case 
it's it's more of a dystopian landscape and you know these these uh kids who have special abilities and stuff special powers they all like they all enslaved by this evil empire and you know it's all out in the desert and it's it's got all these dystopian futuristic imagery going on and it's all about you know breaking free from all that and you know you know rising up and it's all about revolution and all that cool stuff you know? why i really like this song is because it's i think it's the heaviest song on the album it's got a uh, really pounding double bass that really sounds like you know a tank going over bones or something towards the end it's roots guy roots uh, included some really killer solos and some killer fills in there but towards the end it gets like super fast there's like a quick switch which is kind of like what i made used to do with a lot of their songs you know it they start off slowly and then suddenly it it goes really fast like in afraid to shoot strangers or something you know they have those fast bits or you know it it's also kind of like heaven and hell where the ending kind of just speeds up and it ends in a huge crescendo and stuff like that. so that's kind of a, that's exactly what we've done with thunder child uh, it gets really heavy at the end there's solos flying about everywhere and it's just uh, it builds to a point where you know and where it's like you're just and everything just slams you in the face right at the end and the song's done so i think that's probably our heaviest and our most uh, i would say it's it's probably the most ambitious song on the album because we had a lot of trouble recording it as well because it's not easy to play double bass so like all like constantly for that long so yeah wizards had a tough time in the studio <laughs> there it is thought the child
right. So, Nolan, in our last chat, you remember we spoke a lot about what it means to be Indian, right? Especially in metal. The good thing is most of the reviews that I've read about Force of Danger, one, they aren't by Indian Indians or Indian publications. So that's that. But they all still roughly begin the same way, which is to state the fact that Cryptos is an Indian band. So here's the question again, right? In a, in a way, uh, does the Indian tag still help Cryptos? a band that is releasing or has released its sixth album it's an i mean it does help in a in, in a certain way because of course it's a novelty factor the novelty factor a lot of people who haven't heard of us who haven't heard of metal from india you know they're like whoa an indian metal band let's check it out yeah okay i guess it does help with you know the curiosity factor if somebody told me hey man would you like to check out this metal band from Madagascar, I'll be like, whoa, Madagascar, cool. Yeah, I'll check them out. You know, but I think it's, we've reached a point where we, I think we should, we should have moved past that by now, actually. You know, actually, when we play live, when we go on tour, when we started touring, like many years ago, uh, people were like, whoa, we're a band from India. They kept asking us about India and whoa, man, how's it in India, blah, blah. And how come you guys are playing metal and all that stuff? And, you know, you've got to keep telling them the same spiel, you know, yeah, dude, we can play metal and, you know, we, have, we don't have snakes in our pockets and we don't ride elephants and all that stuff. But over the years, they've come to realize that we are just another good heavy metal band. It doesn't matter where we come from. They have accepted the fact that we play heavy metal, we play this kind of heavy metal, and we do it as well as everyone else. So it doesn't really matter, you know, where we come. The curiosity is no more about, oh, oh, cool, these guys are from India. Let me check them out. It's more, oh, you know what? I saw them last time. I had a lot of fun watching them. Uh, I'm going to watch them again, not because they're from India, but because I enjoyed the show. I discovered another good metal band and I like the music. The music ticks all the right boxes and that's it. That's why I want to keep following them. So, you know, the last time we went out on tour, I, I don't think, I think there was maybe one person in the entire, during the entire tour who actually brought up the whole India thing. You know, oh, you know, you're from India, blah, blah. Which was great because everyone just came out to see us and they came out to watch us because they were listening to our music. They wanted to watch us play the music that they heard when they bought our CDs, LPs, whatever. And that was great. They were talking to us only about our music for the most part, you know, which is what, which is the way it should be. But I guess, you know, it, I, it's something we can't really escape. Uh, it, it might take a really long time before people get used to the fact that metal can come from anywhere and it can be as good as anywhere else. But I, I would say it's, um, if there were, if there were more Indian bands who were putting out quality material like you know every year every second year touring a lot more then i think this the whole tag of being an indian band would slowly fade away but right now i don't think there are enough of us doing that which is why it's still still a novelty because at once upon a time brazilian metal was a novelty you know until sepultura kind of completely blew that notion out of the water and then no and you know tons of bands came out from brazil after that but no one says Brazilian metal anymore. It's, it's just metal. 
you don't call angra brazilian metal it's just it's like progressive metal or whatever because the you know that that road has already been worn it it was already worn by them so i don't know maybe in the next 10 years this tag might might drop but until then i guess we're stuck with it i must ask you now you're like six albums in do you still notice any difference between how indian fans or your friends react or respond and maybe even receive your songs versus a global audience see I, i'll get this i'll i'm i'm going to set the record straight in india we don't actually have that many fans in my opinion <laughs> or you know we we have fans but i don't think they really get what we are all about you know um some of the older guys some of the guys who are about 30 35 some of the older generation yeah they 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 get what we are trying to do and they kind of get the music we we make in fact most of the, most of our sales that happen in india happen to people of that age group you know it's it's not it's mostly not the younger crowd the younger crowd are all on facebook liking our stuff and commenting hey yeah good stuff man which is which is fine i mean it's all cool uh some of them come out to gigs yeah it's cool if, if we, actually if you come out to a gigs it's mostly an older audience as well you know it's it's not really a very young audience overall i would say the indian audience they don't exactly get what we do i mean they seems like they enjoy what we do but they don't, i don't think they really get where we are coming from but you know abroad because this this kind of music has been there been a part of their culture and their life their growing up years or whatever you want to call it since since the 60s and the 70s they get the vibe if you read all the reviews that have been coming out for force of danger and even for afterburner before this they all talk about that feeling of nostalgia they get when they listen to our music and you can only get that feeling if you've lived through all that you know i wouldn't really expect a 17 year old kid to get a feeling of nostalgia from listening to force of danger he won't really know what that feeling is unless he you know kind of really really got into it which would take a lot of time and stuff but most of the audiences abroad who listen to our stuff they've they've been through all that they get it they get where we are coming from because we've been through all that as well so it connects better with them than it does over here i guess it's it's just a generational thing you know that's that's the only way to put it okay so you know some cities in india like delhi hyderabad and i think now a bit in bombay gigs have started actually earlier before we got on this chat i saw that uh, the rock band from uh, bangalore parvaz has actually announced an all india tour next month which i feel is quite ambitious but for me what's really exciting was that one of my favorite venues in india which is fandom at gillies which is of course in bangalore is going to have gigs soon so do you guys have any plans to perform there soon and uh, what about the rest of india hint hint bombay <laughs> i hope so if if things go well i mean if things open up as they seem to be opening up slowly we might we might think of doing something in at fandom in december maybe i, I don't know because we haven't actually practiced for like 2 years now so we might sound like we sound like might sound like shit also <laughs> but yeah if not this year then next year for sure if everything's opened up and everything's everything's fine we'll we will plan on you know doing like a multi city indian tour if you can call it that because it won't really be a tour it'll just be like weekend holidays <laughs> uh it's been a long time since we played in lots of 
parts of india like bombay for example so it's about time we set that record straight and of course we have to get ready for our you know european gigs and stuff that so this is the best way to do it play locally get out globally and kick ass <laughs> I really do hope that we get to see you guys live here and that you guys have a really kick-ass 2022. So, time to plug where people can reach you or the band or more importantly, how they can get hold of the album and merchandise. Where can people do that? Yeah, you know, you can. Anyone can reach us at on Facebook. Facebook seems to be the place where everyone gets in touch with us. Uh, you can get in touch with me on Facebook. I'm always there, trolling people's posts, commenting shitty stuff everywhere. you know spouting my stupid opinion on all sorts of things so yeah that's the best place to get in touch uh for march if you're in india we will have march available in december most likely because uh, we are to get stuff down from europe cds lps all that stuff if you want shirts you know we got shirts some hoodies are coming out caps all that fun stuff it's on rockandrollorigins.com if you're abroad anywhere you can get our stuff from bandcamp most of the good merch is on bandcamp if you live abroad you're lucky you can get all sorts of cool shit but in yeah in india you'll have to wait a while because uh, i think we have lp series we are also going to work on a tape deal we might get some tapes down as well and uh, we might have some limited edition box sets and all that stuff i don't know but this is what uh, management is talking about <laughs> management <laughs> Basically, which is basically one guy sitting in Austria and his jogs. <laughs> Hi, Madhav. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Management, if you are listening, uh, sign me up for one of those Cryptos logo T-shirts that are only available on Bandcamp to fucking non-Indians. <laughs> yeah, make sure he sends some down. <laughs> Alrighty, man. Nolan, thanks so much for joining us. Um, and yeah, full power, man. This is yeah. fun. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks. As always, we are at hauntsuppod.com and on Twitter at hauntsuppod. Uh, send us something to read. I'm on Twitter at Aswani. I'm at Trend Crusher. Keep the horns up. Horns up, everyone. <laughs>